You're listening to the Coach T Podcast hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate all the love and support of all the uh, Coach T Podcast enthusiasts out there. As you know, when I first started this podcast, it was kind of a way for me to connect with uh, fellow coaches like myself and really learn the craft. And I've been very blessed and honored that many of the people that I've asked, pretty much everybody has said yes. So, <laughs> so it's a good thing. People want their, want their stories to be heard. And I got a, a special guest today, the head coach of the Lowell Red Arrows, Mr. R.J. Boudreaux. R.J., how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. I really appreciate uh, you asking me to be on this podcast. Uh, I appreciate you being on. Um, I was just, as you know, we talked before. Uh, RJ and I, the, the first time I actually met or saw RJ, well, I remember him wrestling in the state finals. And then when he was wrestling for the University of Michigan and then Michigan State, which I don't know, a lot, I don't think a lot of people know that you were on the very few people, whether it's wrestling or I think we have one in football with uh, Ben Van Sumeren that's been on both sides of the uh, quote unquote rivalry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Um, and then through that, uh, he was a longtime assistant at Lowell before becoming the head coach. I knew of his coach in college, Dave Dean, who's a big mentor of mine, obviously probably a big mentor of yours, um, and having the opportunity to, to be around him. And then when the opportunity arose to be part of the, the beginning of regional representation for the Michigan Wrestling Association, you asked me to be the Tri-City rep, and I accepted wholeheartedly. I thought it was a great opportunity. I'm glad that you know, we're going, I think, year five, really, and it's starting to, you're really starting to see the the fruits of those labors with one of the things that have been accomplished throughout uh, the last four or five years with the Michigan Wrestling Association due to regional representation and everything else. So uh, appreciate you guys uh, having that kind of that brain trust of how to make us more connected and to make the sport better. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be a part of it as well. It's been uh that's been a great experience and I got to meet a lot of good coaches uh, doing that. And, you know, wrestling is kind of mentioned, uh, touched on it at the beginning. It's a, it's a unique community. You know, they're very giving to have all those coaches that you've asked and no one said, no, it's, it's, that's kind of par for the course when it comes to uh, wrestling, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun seeing those changes, but we'll, we'll get into that throughout the, throughout the conversation. First, tell us how you got involved in the great sport, of wrestling um i am the oldest of four boys um so i have three younger brothers paul brian and ben and you know my dad was a high school wrestler um and also coached wrestling at warren lincoln um so my dad um, had a really good team at warren lincoln but like I, i'm not sure that he went to be a teacher he was a teacher there and kind of got asked to do the job and um, i'm not sure if he knew what he was getting some of it himself into um, he actually coached one of the Amines, um, Ralph Amin, um, and uh, I think he goes by Jordan now, but uh, same family line as uh, Mike and um, Miles and Malik and Sam mm-hmm. and, you know, Cam, that same kind of family line. So um, my dad was a high school coach and then got me into youth wrestling. And um, I grew up in a couple different youth clubs. Um, there was like, uh, it was like the Hamlin Hawks or the Utica Hawks. Uh, can't remember the name of it. And then we went to uh, Team Allsport. Um, and Team Allsport had a lot of great wrestlers. A lot of people don't know about that, but it was like one of the clubs that kind of got club wrestling started in Michigan. Um, Anthony Biano was an assistant coach um, at uh, DCC, was a part of that, with along with my brothers and uh, Brad Cusimano from Utica. Um, 
Eddie Skineski, um, who's the head coach at Dakota, you know, all those guys were my teammates on um, Team Allsport. I'm leaving a ton of guys off because we had a lot. Rocky Palzolo, head coach at Celine now. Um, all those guys were on my team growing up. And um, so I grew up around some some good wrestling and then wrestled for um, Armada High School and, you know, kind of went on from there. But just my dad got me into it and uh, it was a instant. Uh, I was instantly hooked. Um, in the sport of wrestling. And I say instantly hooked. I, I loved it, but it was rough. You know, I went through the same growing pains. I took a couple of years off, or I think I took one year off, you know, in the middle there where I was like, I hate this sport. I don't want to do it anymore because it's too hard. And, um, but I came back around. So I'd, uh, I'm grateful to have been introduced to this sport because it's given me a lot. Uh-huh. What was it like uh, when you, when you got into the varsity lineup in high school, um, the expectations for you? Well, it was a weird kind of introduction. So my freshman year, our coach stepped down like in the one third of the way through the season. Um, so we didn't have a coach come in. So we had to, we had to have like a janitor kind of watch our practices um, for a little bit um, so that because we didn't have a coach. Uh, you know, we had a parent that kind of stepped in and um, – and then we had a, a wrestler that just had graduated came in and he was kind of our coach. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, we didn't have much of a program. Um, so, you know, being a starter, we, we couldn't fill, we couldn't fill a roster. Um, and then my dad came in and helped um, with that. And then the, there's a family by the name of the Freewalds mm-hmm. um, that kind of came in. So they had four boys, we had four boys and we kind of started getting something going. Um, I think, you know, at Armada and, you know, we saw some success and, um, but it was it was definitely um, there's some shocking things that you know, when I got in high school. I was a good youth wrestler on the circuit, but you know things got tough. Um, we had a, we had some good wrestling back in the day in the Macomb County area, um, so I got a lot better because of it. And um, you know being around my younger brothers and them pushing me and stuff was was really helpful too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I've I've never heard a story about that. Your coach quitting pretty much not even midway through the year. Yeah. Um, how chaotic that could be, but you guys seem to get it all together. Yeah, kind of, you know, it was it just, there wasn't a program where I was at in Armada, you know, um, it was just wrestling wasn't really a thing. Um, and, you know, Richmond um, high school is right next door uh, to me. I actually lived in the township of Richmond, but in Armada school district. Um, and they won a state championship when I was there and stuff like that. And everybody always asked me why I didn't go to, you know, Richmond because their wrestling was so strong, but I just, you know, I liked my town and I liked the people that I was, you know, with in Armada and uh, just appreciated it. Mm-hmm. So after you, uh, high school, you, you make to state finals, everything else. What made you choose to go to Michigan? Uh, it's kind of a crazy story. Um, so my, I, I mentioned my dad was a, a high school coach in Warren and mm-hmm. Mike Keen, um, you know, was NCAA finalist and, you know, helped my dad out with some things. And so my, my dad was coaching, he would get me um, kind of hooked up with Mike every once in a while to learn legs. Um, Mike, I mean, um, learned the leg riding from Mark, Mark Trella. Mm-hmm. And he was a phenomenal leg rider. So Mike would do some, some leg work with me um, in high school, did a couple camps. And when I had lost in the state finals, I lost to Win Mahalik, um, who, you know, I'm sure you know from that area. <laughs> I was uh, his first college match. I know a lot about Win Mahalik. Yeah. <laughs> so me and Wynn wrestled all through when I was, you know, seven years old and all the mm-hmm. way through. And we ended up wrestling in the state finals. Um, but 
after I lost, um, I, I knew I wanted to wrestle at the high school nationals. My dad was sending me little things about this tournament and said, if you want, you know, wrestling college, you should wrestle in this because you made the state finals. Because back then, in order to qualify, you had to be a state finalist right, or a state champ. So I didn't know what to do as far as training. There just wasn't there wasn't clubs like that around where you could go find a place in a, a training club or whatever. So um, my dad reached out to Mike Amin. Mike Amin hooked me up with Ryan Shirella. Um, and Ryan Trella was a weight class below me, um, his senior year. Mm-hmm. So I had wrestled Ryan at a Christmas practice at Novi because the Skaneskis have a relation to, um, the Trellas in a way. So I grew up, I told you wrestling with Ed Skaneski. <laughs> and so uh, we went to a Christmas practice cause that was a popular thing to do kind of in, in that day and age of went over Christmas, you know, you kind of went and did scrimmages and stuff. Right. And I wrestled Ryan and, um, I did, I did okay in the practice. It's, there's a little bit of story there, but I, I don't think we have enough time for it. And so <laughs> who I was, I, I started training with Ryan. Um, Ryan said, hey, um, do you want to come with me? We'll meet up, which is like an hour and 45-minute drive, and then we're going to go to Ann Arbor and wrestle because Ryan was going to go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. So he, I got there, and he's like, hey, um, we're not going to go to Michigan, but we can just wrestle in my basement. And I was like, okay, I didn't know what that meant, but he had a nice wrestling room in his basement. Um, so I started wrestling with him um, in, uh, down in his basement. Um, and, you know, th- practices were going well. You know, we were training together and doing some things. And then we'd also go to University of Michigan. And one day, um, Ryan popped his rib out like pretty bad in the first like five minutes of our practice. And he felt really bad because I, I just drove, drove two hours to his house. Mm-hmm. And um, so he went upstairs and got his dad and said, you know, hey, will you wrestle with RJ? He just came all out here. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know Mark Trell is a three-time NCAA champion. Um, he beat, beat me up for a good hour <laughs> um, and, you know, get done. And he just kind of said, what's your plans after high school? You know, and I just started telling him and he asked my GPA and I had a, I had a really good GPA in high school. And so he called up and this is like flip phone, cell phone, like, so I didn't even have a cell phone. Um, so I had to like borrow my mom's like car phone, they called it, um, just on the ride over because I was driving so far to, to practice. Right. And so he called up, left a message with Joe McFarland. By the time I got home from that day, there was a voice, the answer, um, a voicemailer on my answering machine. And I got it, it's Joe McFarland. And he had called me up and said, hey, Mark Trella told me to give you a call. And uh, kind of the rest is history there. I went to, I wound up going to University of Michigan. This is like in April. So I made that decision really late, got mm-hmm. in Michigan and, um, you know, spent a good three years there. Um, I had a really good time at Michigan. Yeah. And then you come over to Michigan State. What was that kind of like? Uh, that was hard, really hard. Um, it just, it, it just kind of came down to the fact that, um, you know, they, had a kid that they recruited that was one of the top guys in the country who ended up being an all-American form. His name was Nick Roy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had that spot was kind of reserved for him. And um, I just outperformed my expectations. Um, and I started there for um, a lot of matches. Um, but when it just came down to it, there wasn't the room. And so I was paying my own way. And I asked um, for a release. And um, they gave it to me, which because you had there was no transfer portal back then. So they had right. to release you in order to be eligible. And, I, you know, I was paying a lot of money to go to Michigan and I didn't I didn't have it. I was taking out loans. Right. 
Um, so I got a full scholarship offer at Michigan State, and I couldn't couldn't pass it up. I'm so glad I I got that offer working with Dave Dean and Roger Chandler and Coach Minkle, and it was a great opportunity, and um, it worked out really well for me. That's kind of what I went. It was awkward as I'll get out. Um, <laughs> Because I, I really disliked Michigan State growing up. Um, uh -huh. I really just—I was a Michigan fan, um, and it, it was a hard transition. Like I remember that first fall rooting for Michigan against Michigan State, even though I was a Spartan, um, because mm -hmm. like I bled maize and blue. Um, but I'm a Spartan fan now, um, and I, I still—I still like uh, have. I'm partial to Michigan, um, but I'm definitely a Spartan fan. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I think about um, for me as a, I like Michigan wrestling. I like Michigan State wrestling. I love it, you know, from being in the sport for so long and having kids that you've coached or refed and see them compete for them. I'm always rooting for those teams, except when they wrestle each other. I'm always right. rooting for Michigan State, but I've, right. I've always been a big fan of what, you know, with uh, Joe McFarlane, now Sean Burmett, uh, and then Michigan State with Meikle and now Coach Chandler. Um, just big fans of what they what they do, um, making uh, Michigan wrestling exciting in in the state, along with Central uh, and some of the other schools, which I could go on and on about yeah. the opportunities we have. After you get done wrestling at Michigan State, and um, you you have your you get your degree, what made you decide to go into coaching? Well, I feel like I made a mistake, um, like when I was going to school. Like I just, I kind of was bullheaded. I'm like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to Michigan, man. Like if I just get a degree from Michigan, I'll be fine. I'll be successful. Right. So I didn't really have a plan. I just was like, I'm going to get whatever degree I can. And then when I transferred to state, um, that was difficult. And I had to like, because of the transfer rules and having to, there's a lot of rules that go into it, but you have to have so many credits towards a major. And like the only way I could do it is if I was a sociology major, on the way I worked it out with transferring Michigan to Michigan State. So I got a degree in sociology and, you know, you get done with that. There's, there's not much that you can just go into if you have a degree from sociology. Um, right. so I just, I, I had like these heart to hearts with some people on what I wanted to do with my rest of life. And I still kind of to this day, and now I'm a high school counselor. Um, so I work with kids on trying to figure out what they want to do after high school. And then, you know, and sometimes after college and, um, you know, it's probably one of the more stressful times in your life um, because you're going from a guy that or a person that is going to college and, you know, you can survive off of 20 bucks for a couple of weeks, you know, and then now it's yeah, you have bills that are due and all these things. It's just really stressful. Um, and I just had some heart to hearts with some people about what I want to do with the rest of my life. And um, I at the same time, I was doing a lot of um, kids practices. Um, so Chris Williams ran Spartan Lightning. Mm -hmm. and he would ask me to do practices and I got good feedback. You know, they thought I was good at what I was doing with working with kids. And I, I wanted to work with kids. And my dad was a teacher. And so I just like, I want to be a teacher. So I go to Michigan State's program. They're number one in the, in the world as far as our education program goes. And it was going to be like another three and a half years. I'm like, there's just no way, man. I'm like, I'm beat <laughs> from school. I just, I should be a doctor by now. I've went to school for five years and, you know, <laughs> Job. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a program that got kind of notified of, of a two year master's program to be a school counselor um, at Michigan State. And it was like a newer program, but it was really hard to get into. So I like did everything in my power to get in there. I, I went down and talked to everybody in the department. I bugged the crap out of them. I had them look over my, my application before I put it in. And I was 
you know, shaking every tree I could at Michigan State to get a good word for myself. And um, long story short, I got into the program and um, I was going to be a school counselor and I was excited about it, um, but I was going to school a lot. And at my first year at Michigan State was Dave Dean's last year of 13 years at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Lowell and I'm like, I didn't know where Lowell was. I didn't even know what I've never been to the west side of Michigan. Um, so he's just like in Lowell and, the, you know, um, they won a I think they made the state finals in football um, that year that that Dave had left. And it was just this cool experience over there. I was hearing lots about it. And then Dave heard that I needed to do an internship my second year in my master's program. And so he called me up and said, hey, you know, we got to meet to discuss maybe possibly coaching at Lowell and doing your internship. Long story short, I do my internship at Lowell and that was 15 years ago. And I've been there ever since. Wow. Wow. So what was it like? coaching so coach dean's your coach but coaching alongside him in that capacity what was that like you know it was amazing um i when i went it's kind of odd too because like when i i was coaching a lot of saint john's practices like at the time um and doing like the masses um room you know mm-hmm. and coaching that room i was i think i remember them bringing the mats in so i want to say i was like the first coach to coach in that barn um, yeah <laughs> And, and then I went to Lowell and now you have this Lowell, you know, it turned into a Lowell St. John's rivalry. Like kind of right. So it was another, like, I went from Michigan to Michigan state. Now I go from coaching St. John's kids to Lowell. Um, and, you know, I got to be with Dave and I thought I knew everything about wrestling. Cause I was like, you know, this college guy and, you know, these kids are going to I eat up everything I, I have to coach, you know, and, that was a rude awakening. It's, it was, it's harder than people think, you know, and, you know, in college, I think you're used to like seeing coaches yell at refs and get out on the mat. And it's just different in high school. Uh, the officiating is different. Um, and it's, you know, people say how bad high school officiating is. It's really not I, like, we really, I appreciate our officials a lot. Um, they make bad calls, um, but so does everybody. And so I think that was kind of an adjustment, but being around Dave, um, Dave, let me do so much. Um, you know, he's the head of the program and he just let me coach in any way possible and let me make mistakes. And then, you know, when I would screw up, um, he would give me a little bit of word of advice. Um, but my first ever dual meet, um, as a coach, as an assistant was, um, the Detroit DCC assembly duel. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And coming as a, as a, a guy with a lot of energy and, you know, kind of misplaced energy i think now looking back at it um you know they were it was insane there i'm like oh my gosh this is crazy this is weirder that you know more intense than any college duel i've been in. and uh, maybe not carver hawkeye but it was close <laughs> and right. uh you know some kid i remember well i made a mistake in the the duel they my shirt kind of was coming untucked and the whole crowd was chanting tuck your shirt in and like i untucked the rest of my shirt and the place went nuts <laughs> uh, because i was like pretty much fighting with the crowd and I look over at Mitch Hancock who is my rival in college um and I you know really didn't care for him uh, too much um and now we're great friends um he just kind of looks at me and shrugs his shoulders um and then some kid had a megahorn and like blew it in my ear while I was getting a drink of water and I like grabbed the megaphone and I was like I'm about to start a fight with the high school kid um it was just that was my first experience and then Dave kind of reeled me back in and um you know Dave is He's incredible, man. He's done so much for the sport of wrestling and for my life and for coaching and stuff like that. It's just, uh, I can't say enough about him. So it, uh, it was, I was blessed, you know, and like, 
I've been coaching now as a head coach for eight years at, at Ole. And, uh, you know, I would like to just go and say I started a program from the ground up, but I walked into a really good program. Um, we had won a state championship in 2009 and had some really good teams that took second place. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for what I have because I love the little community where I'm at and I live here and I have kids that go to school here and I love my job and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, thinking about coaching, you know, it's so important that you have a mentor. It's so important that you have somebody that you can learn from, you know, and maybe work under for a little bit before taking a head coaching job, because I can't imagine what it would have been like if I would have just jumped into a head coach job. Um, I, I wouldn't be the coach I am. Like, I just, I would, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have ever been successful. Who knows? It's just the, it's hard to know. Um, but I just know that I was grateful for coaching with Dave and actually coaching with Dustin Chahaki too. Um, learned a lot from him. He was a great coach and a Bay City Western guy. Yep. I know you know him well. Um, so <laughs> He's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, you know, and it's like I got to coach with people like that. And, and Dustin is one of my administrators now. So, and Dave still lives in Lowell. So I still have those people um, around and I, I lean on them heavily all the time. Um, learning from them a lot. So. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to say about the needing a mentor. And I think a lot of times when we're young, I'm talking about like 20s, mid 20s, and we have that opportunity, we jump at the first head coaching position or something like that. And we don't really know what we're doing, and especially if you're coming from competing at the college level. Like you said, it's just it's different. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different tact philosophy you got to have at the high school level versus the college level and how you um, handle and mentor kids, how you communicate with your parents. It's a completely different animal or, um, atmosphere than college. Yeah. So I'm glad you, glad you pointed that out. Yeah. What was it like? So when, when you guys won the state title in 2014 and then you're going to replace, uh, uh, coach Dean, what was it like replacing your mentor? at that moment did you feel any pressure to uphold not only what he had done but also the Lowell legacy well I mean I think so I think Dave was grooming me a little bit to be a head coach um but it wasn't really talked about necessarily um and you know Dave had an opportunity come his way to to go to Cornell um and work with the the, their RTC and stuff like that. And it just was like, all of a sudden, I remember being in a meeting with Dave and he got a text and he was like all excited. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I was going to be the head coach. Cause he was talking to me about leaving and he said, I'd be ready. Um, and that was like before 2014 started. So I got to kind of work that year, kind of doing a lot of head coaching duties, knowing I was going to take over, which was awesome and um, a huge advantage. Um, and, it was, it was nerve wracking, I guess. Um, but there was such a good support system, you know, and I just, my biggest fears were like, you know, Dave did a lot of fundraising. And I think a lot of people think that, um, he just had my way and paid our, that's like a huge rumor that always goes around. Like Lowell just is funded by my way. And like, you know, we didn't get a lot of my way tournaments, you know, and we didn't have any my way funds ever. Um, I haven't, I haven't able, I haven't been able to get a my way tournament in the last, I don't I think it's been six or seven years. Um, cause those are good fundraisers. Um, right. well, it's a, it's a great um, organization. And, uh, so it was, I was just worried about fundraising. Cause I know Dave 
does a ton of fundraising um, to be able to pay coaches and, and do some things. And uh, that was nerve wracking to me because I didn't know anything about that. Um, and Dave always had a knack for, you know, just starting a little fundraiser. Um, so I've gotten really good at it. And I feel like I, I definitely have a handle on things now of being able to raise funds. That's a big part of my job is, is being able to do that. And, uh, and I think the the low part and being a part of it was just something natural for me because I was already there for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And I, had a, I, I feel like I earned a lot of the respect to people because I was a counselor there. Um, and I had done a lot of things with like starting programming for, for different students. And uh, people knew that I really cared about kids and, and wanting to help um, all kids, not just, just wrestlers. I coach football and uh, little kids and, and whatnot. So I was kind of a fabric of the community. And um, so I really wasn't worried that, that way, but you know, it was big shoes to fill. And, um, and the fact that Dave wasn't really going anywhere, like he was going to be at Cornell, but he still lives in Lowell. Um, knowing that I still had him to lean on and um, knowing that the coaching staffs that I had, um, Kyle Slocum and, and Josh Cooper, who had coached with me from the beginning, um, they're still here with me now. And, you know, we, we had, we built a good coaching staff. We had Matt Bishop, who I know you had on this podcast at one time. Yeah, He's a phenomenal head coach. So I've had guys like that, you know, and Nate Spieth, who's now a head coach at Hillsdale College or Hillsdale High School. I'm sorry. Um, you know, he was on our coaching staff. So and we've, we've had some guys kind of come through the whole coaching tree. John Carbo, who, um, you know, Lansing Sexton guy who's over at Grand Bay Gritter. So there's been a little bit of a coaching tree that's come through since I've been here. And um, I've had some good ones. And, um, you know, it's it's not just me. That's for sure. It's just uh, it it was it was a great opportunity. I'm so glad that I, I had the opportunity to to be in the coaching situation I'm in right now. It, it's interesting you mentioned like the coaching tree. I was going to ask you about that. Like having, you know, John Carbo, I've known for a long time because we're both Lansing area guys. He's a Sexton guy. I'm an Everett guy. Not yeah. a real rivalry. I mean, we're more friends than anything. But um, and then Matt Bishop, who I had actually an opportunity the last five or six years to actually get to know. And he's doing great things at Bay City, John Glenn, and uh, uh, re- really re- re- revigorating that program. Uh, mm-hmm. at his alma mater and things like that. Does it give you like a great sense of pride to see some of those assistant coaches go on to different places and do very well? Oh gosh, it's awesome, man. Like it's, it's the best. I root for those guys. Um, you know, even though we're the same division as, is Matt, you know, he's got a team that, you know, pretty soon is probably going to be competitive and, um, you know, we're going to have to deal with, um, with Matt's team, but I, I love those guys. And that's the, that's a huge, huge, huge part of our success here at Lowell is the culture and the friendship um, that our coaches have. Um, we're very protective of it because we really enjoy what we do. Um, you know, fundraisers aren't a big deal because we get to be with each other and we get to do pretty fun things. So, um, you know, Matt's, Matt's bringing Matt and Nate, and John Carbro all bringing teams up to my team camp next June. Um, and we just look forward to being with each other and hanging out and, and kind of getting back to talking about the old times, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause we're, we're getting a little older, a little grayer. I feel like every person that I've talked to my, as a few guests, we're all like in our late thirties to early fifties. almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just uh, anyways, sorry. Got, got sidetracked there. Yeah. How do you build consistency throughout your program? Where does that start? Um, well, you know, it, it takes a good coaching staff. Um, so that's something Dave was always um, really passionate about is fundraising for coaching, you know, not fundraising for 
jerseys and singlets and you know quarter zips and stuff like that um which those are all nice to have if you have money left over after you pay your coaches um so i uh i think our varsity our varsity coaches are heavily involved in our youth program um and our youth program is and the answer is probably the youth program but in order to have a youth program you need to have good coaching um and you got to have structured coaching and um it's it's taken a while it's definitely um i think the other piece is too is like you need to have um like a head coach i think that has a connection with the youth program um but any coach that gets into it they got to understand they got to be in it for the long haul it's not a two three four year process it might be five or six or seven um and just keep building and looking for great parents um to help along the way i think our youth parents are really involved too there's always those talks about like dealing with parents and the psycho parents or whatever. And, you know, we have, we have great parents, um, but our parents need coaching just as much as our kids, you know, um, they need to understand what is important to our program. You know, um, our integrity is really important to us, you know, wrestling with class, winning and losing the same way. Um, you know, making sure that these kids know that there's more to life than just wrestling. Wrestling is just a vehicle um, to, to be a better person. And um, I think we really stress those values and um, we do it at the youth level. Um, if you've ever been to the state finals for teams and ever watched our, our crowd on our sideline, the entire first row um, all along is all of our youth wrestlers sit on that little rail because um, they are enamored with our varsity kids. Those are the guys that they want to be like. Um, and we have that out. It's a huge advantage and I, and, um, I don't feel bad about it. Um, it's I'm going to take advantage of it as much as I possibly can. Um, but you know, having a connection with your youth program um, will help with the consistency. Our varsity guys do a lot of youth practices. Um, you know, it's not all glitz and glamour and, and easy. They work really hard and they take they take pride in it. They they understand that, you know, they want to help the future because they were those kids. Um, we had uh, over three quarters of our team this year were in our Muddy Arrows youth program, which starts at ages four, five and six. Wow. You know, um, last year was um, when we won it in 2021 um, was um, every single kid started in our youth program, every single one, you know, so there was zero transfer school of choice type stuff that goes on. And we, we have those kids in our program. I'm not going to deny that. But last year we didn't have any. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, we you can't do that without consistency like you're talking about and having the youth program for them to start it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It, it starts from the youth program. And I love that you mentioned about having great coaches at that, at that mm -hmm. level too, because I think that sometimes gets missed the importance of coaching, especially, and I say it's not important at the high school level, but the youth in the middle school levels is where they learn their basics and understand how to, uh, properly position themselves to win matches in the sport um, and understand rules and things like that. And if you're not getting the proper coaching on certain techniques or where to be, when you get to high school, you're kind of this, this is what I do and this is all I'm going to do and I'm not going to change or get better to, to be able to be helpful for the program. Yeah. And, you know, like there's so many coaches or parents, I'm sorry, that get involved and, you know, I'm sure you, your, your experience with youth wrestling was similar to mine, you know, um, but my youth club was a whole bunch of dads and our dads would coach us. Right. So mm -hmm. I didn't have a high school coach that came down 
and talked about, you know, the values of our, our program, you know, and a lot of times if a whole bunch of dads get together and they start coaching, they need guidance to understand, you know, what is important, you know, and what to believe in. Otherwise, a, a problem probably starts where they, they start having success at the youth level because the dads are instilling these moves and these, these values and ways to wrestle when those probably will work at the youth level, but you know, as well as I do, it's different at the high school level. Um, and things kind of even out a little bit and it's going to be hard to win with all the, only the things that, you know, at the youth level. And if, if dads just want their kid to, to do those things, it, it could be, I don't know, it could be tough when they get to that level. So I think it's just important for, for coaches to try to have that connection, not only with the kids, but with the parents too. Right. You mentioned connection. Was it the, your communication? What do you use to communicate with your parents when it comes to um, announcing practice times or cancellation of practice or scheduling, things like that? Well, I mean, number one, I'm visible. Like I, I always have like during the registration, we have a website, right? And our website has registration stuff in it. So we collect everybody's email and we'll email everybody the times. And we have some different software stuff that we do to kind of organize things. Um, and, you know, we use text alerts, but not as much at the youth level. It's more just email, but being visible at that first practice and going through meetings. And we teach our, our parents how to use track wrestling, you know, how to register at my way and how to do those things. Um, and, and then we have a schedule where our, our coaches are going to be at certain my way events. So the last thing that we want is a kid to come into our program and just go off and experience a my way event on their own. Um, because they're going to be like, what in the heck did I get myself into this? These, this sport is crazy. These people are nuts. Um, <laughs> and we want to kind of help them get adjusted to it. So they understand like, yeah, I mean, it looks nuts, but it's not, it's not what you think too, you know? So we just want to help them with that. Yeah, right. Um, a couple more questions. Women's wrestling, girls wrestling, uh, this year, officially the, the fifth division MHSA crown uh, female state champions. And I've talked a lot about this on the podcast about my experience with, with female wrestlers. Um, and some of the ones that, that come to mind are like the Elena Barubis from Escanaba. That was a pretty good wrestler. Cynthia Harrell from Sagan Buena Vista, who was the first uh, state qualifier in boys in 99. Kirsten LaBelle from Davison. I mean, the list goes on to you get to like CC Weber, things like that. Um, how did you feel that it finally was able to break through this year um, and the girls were able to wrestle at Ford Field? Yeah, I mean, I, as a, I'm the president of the Michigan Wrestling Association right now. I, I serve as the vice president kind of when uh, we started getting that going with MWA. And uh, we've had some people in our staff that have done a phenomenal job of helping the MHSA get that done. So, I mean, huge kudos to the MHSA. Um, for their willingness. And then, you know, the, the MWA had a, had a big hand in that and uh, I've got to see it and it's been awesome. The hard work that those people have put in from our staff is it's been great. And um, the, it was so cool um, watching those girls wrestle and uh, at the, alongside the boys. And um, you know, we had a girl that was all state um, and, you know, seeing the look on her face and the hard work that she put in and stuff like that. It's just uh it's no different than the boys. And as a father of, I have four daughters. Um, I don't have any sons. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to wrestle or not. Um, but you know, the opportunity is there and I'd love for them to be a part of the sport. So it's just, uh, it's cool that there's opportunity and, um, 
it's cool that it's it's going past high school and into the college level and um it's giving those girls an opportunity to change their life absolutely absolutely i think about so my youngest decided to wrestle this year i think mainly because she wanted a sport to differentiate herself from her older sister but it was really it was i've coached them in soccer which I know nothing about soccer. In fact, I'm still coaching a soccer team. But um, it was so cool to bring my little girl to wrestling practice. And then she wrestled at the girls' states for my way. Oh, and wow. it was just it, like it was I, I almost had kind of like tears in my eyes. I'm coaching my kid and something I understand. But she had yeah. so much fun. You know, a little five-year-old after a match is like, when's my next match? You know, <laughs> like the That's excitement awesome. and just thinking about, if potentially that she decides to continue wrestling, but to have that opportunity, like you said, it's just, um, it's, it's really great to see, especially the college opportunities that we have for female wrestlers now. Um, and, and even in the state of Michigan, we have a lot of great opportunities for girls to wrestle at the next level. Yeah, no, it's, we're doing the right things here um, in the state. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely proud to be a part of it for sure. Yeah. Um, so my second to last question, uh, you and Mitch Hancock started the wrestling vault. Uh, it, it It's great that that coaches and wrestlers have these avenues to look up technique and be around and see these coaches in action, what they do, whether it's practice plans, techniques and everything else. Um, it's I think it's year two, right, that you've had this or going into year three, basically. Where did uh, that all yeah. come from? <laughs> it's, you know. Me and I said it before. Me and Mitch were rivals, kind of growing up um, in in high, or in college, and then uh, you know, I, the more I've gotten to coach with him and along, you know, against him, and, and see how good of a coach he is. And I watch, you know, I watch a lot of when I go to a tournament, I'll watch a team and what they do if they're warm up, and I watch the way they prepare and um, you know try to steal as much as I can, and I steal a lot from Mitch. And so I just, it was COVID. It was like April of like you know, the season just getting over with. And I, I was in the shower a lot of, a lot of times I get a lot of thoughts in the shower and all of a sudden <laughs> it hit me like I had been putting together YouTube clips. People asked me for videos and then I'm like, let's organize this and put it on a website, you know, and see, see what could happen to help coaches. And uh, Mitch is like, yeah. And so we had a meeting um, and out of thin air, we just kind of made this and it's, it's a lot more work than I ever anticipated, but gosh, it's been great um, getting to know people and seeing people value the website and, um, the things that we put on there and um, really it's, it's solely to help coaches and, and wrestlers um, and, and different wrestling parents to just get them better connected to, to what good wrestling technique is and what good coaching philosophies and how to prepare. And it's kind of unlimited. Um, and um, we had some more time in COVID to do it and we're still, we're still plugging away at it and um, we appreciate everybody's support and it's been really cool. Um, and we're not done. We're, we're just getting better and better. The website um, continues to improve and continues to get more people uh, around it. So we're excited about where it could lead. Um, but, you know, really, we just enjoy it. We just enjoy coaching and, and just having something that we can do like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome opportunity to learn. And I, I appreciate that. And I tell my kids all the time, I said when, when I was wrestling, it was the old VHS tapes and hopefully you recorded the tape delayed NCAA finals mm -hmm. to get some, you, you didn't have all this access to all these different wrestlers and coaches. So um, we're definitely living in the golden era of uh, technology and information. Um, so my last question to you, RJ, you've kind of talked about a lot throughout the podcast, but what is your, 
your advice to that uh, coach that says, you know, I think I am ready to be a head coach. What would you say to them? Um, oh man, that's, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer. I mean, I think I already said it actually. I already kind of answered this question, but you know, you got to be in it for the right reasons and you got to be in it for the long haul. Um, and to me, the right reasons are, um, you know, to, to help young men and women become better people. Um, and you know, it's not all about winning and losing. Um, and and I, I'd also ask them if they're married. Um, (laughs) if they are, their wife better be um, a huge, um, backer and supporter because my wife is, she's one earned every single one of these state championships. Um, she is behind me 100%. And so is her family. And so is my family. And, um, you know, you, you don't want to have to put up that fight and try to talk her into it. You know, um, you just got to make sure you have your, your counterparts blessing, you know, and, um, I think that's really important. And I think that's kind of another part of doing it for the right reasons. You know, my wife has great relationships with the families that are part of our program. And, um, you know, she's looked up, up to by a lot of people because, you know, the guidance that she could even provide, um, these young people and, um, parents and, and different things like that. So, um, I know it's a family affair. My, my daughters are super proud of, of everything that we've been able to accomplish at Lowell and they, they take a lot of pride in it too. So I just think that's a, that's a huge obstacle that a lot of people can't overcome is, you know, they are feeling bad about being at tournaments and, you know, their heart's not fully in it because of they, you gotta have your stuff together. You gotta, you gotta fix you as a person, make sure that you're right and healthy and taking care of your body and yourself and, you know, doing the, the little things to stay healthy and so that you can give your kids your best. Um, and when I say kids, I mean, you know, your, your athletes. So I think that that's where I would kind of go with my advice um, is, is um, just make sure you're in it for the right reasons. And you're not in it just to try to go win a state championship um, that the winning the state championship will come, you know, as a result of, of doing the right things. Right. Well, RJ, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, it's been great being a friend with you for all this time. And, and I really love what you've been doing with the sport of wrestling. You're a great advocate for it. Uh, also, with your Boudreaux wrestling camp, like I mentioned before, one of the best camps I've ever been to. And, and if you haven't gone to it, you got to check it out. It's a it's a it's something to behold the work that the kids get in and the learning that they get and the fun, the things they can do uh, in St. Ignis and just. It's just a complete experience for for a team, and I and I'm glad that you you and your brothers have put that together, and it's been very successful for over a decade. Yeah, and, and I I guess I'll put a disclaimer out there. You know, like my camp sold out in January this year, and I've turned away so many teams, and and people just say, why don't you just do more? And it's I can't, like I I can't do more camps. Um, I I got two two camps that I do up there. So if you ever want to come, you just got to get a hold of me early. And I think you know I already have seven teams in for 2023. Um, so if it's something you guys want, just get a hold of me, rjboudreau at gmail.com. And, um, I can kind of give you some information and maybe get you, um, on next year's, you know, roster for, for my camp. All right. Thank you, RJ. Appreciate it and take care and good luck. Thanks a lot, Isaiah. You're doing a great job and, um, I appreciate all the work that uh, people like you, um, are doing to just make our sport better. So, so thank you. Thank you, RJ. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.